0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, all ages, we have came to that time known as The Reaching Out Show. I am R.A. Crate, and I'm here with... Camo. And tonight, I'm going to just hand it over to Camo and let him introduce everything tonight.
1: All right, so tonight we are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, music. Now, I've said in past episodes that whenever I'm having a low day or i'm mad or anxious or whatever i always turn to music i listen to aggressive music uh, something to put me in a better mood so now music is good for lots of occasions now music has been around for thousands of years in some form or another it's been used to entertain rulers inspire armies and intimidate opponents it's been used to memorialize friends and loved ones. It's been used for worship, for love, for hate. It's brought people out of the darkest of times. There's power behind it. Music has the power to inspire, relieve, energize, calm, and take us back to another time. It has the power to bring people of all backgrounds together. The great thing about it is that there are many genres and subgenres that we can listen to for any occasion, no matter how we're feeling, whether it be joy, anger, sadness, depression, stuff like that. It's, uh, it's just something I like to talk about.
0: So can you remember your first introduction into music? My first introduction into music?
1: um, I would always have to listen to what my, my parents would put on the radio. And my parents always listened to KMOD. Uh, now, growing up, I always knew my dad to be... A Metallica fan, Aussie, ACDC, Aerosmith, and whatnot. So I gravitated towards those. I mean, actually, I can remember being in uh daycare. I was like, I don't know, four or five? Swinging on the swings outside, singing Inner Sandman. <laughs> I didn't get the words right, but I knew what song I was singing.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it definitely affects us. I mean, I... I kind of had a different upbringing with music. Mine started, my uncle, who's technically not even my uncle anymore, was a drummer for Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Really? Yep. Oh, wow. So I was introduced to a very earlier genre than my time. I okay. mean, I was born in 83, but, I mean, Garden, which was his name, he won his first Grammy, and I think his only Grammy, with Garden and Winkle, who sang Only God Loves Rock and Roll. And then later, my aunt somehow introduced him to Seeger, mm. who became the drummer. And I don't think he actually got a Grammy with Seeger at all. It was kind of weird. Like, he was the only one in the Silver Bullet Band that had a Grammy. Your uncle? Yeah, T-Garden. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was
0: instrumental in the whole smoking Opie's. I don't even know if you know that one. I mm. hardly know it, honestly. But, you know, I'm a clout chaser when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. I throw out names like it's nothing. <laughs>
1: Okay so I posted the other day about the about music and part of what I just said was what I posted I'm asking what what songs or bands do you listen to whenever you're down and some people commented but there was one band that I gravitated toward this week I've been listening to a lot uh this guy named uh, William Elliot Whitmore and the uh, song that she recommended was hell or high water and I don't know man it's very catchy I was looking in at this guy's uh, uh, Wikipedia and it says a lot of his songs are based on um, events that have happened in his life when it came to the death of his parents growing up on the farm and uh i think it said southern iowa and um he's just been through a lot and he usually uh sings about it so i mean that's that's great i mean i mean it's not great as the the sadness that he's gone through but it's it's uh music is a healthy outlet uh to to deal with your your sadness or your problems. I don't know. It is very catchy. I've listened to that song and some others. And uh, listening to them, I've I've actually grown to be somewhat of
0: a fan now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's influential times when you need it the most that you'll learn somebody new. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a couple artists like I can remember. Like, as weird as it sounds, Cindy Lauper, of all people, has become one of my, like... Of course, I listen to it as punk covers because I don't like the originals as much. Yeah. But I don't know. The way she wrote, it. it's definitely... It hits different as an adult. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's weird how you can be going through a situation, you hear a new song, and it brings hope. It brings light. Right. It brings something that touches you.
1: Yeah. I mean... I mean, it's interesting as well. I mean, you get older and your taste of music changes over time. You, you start developing a liking of different genres. I mean, in junior high and high school, my primary go to, like 99% of the time, would be metal, like new metal and stuff like that. Um, uh, stuff like, uh, Slipknot and Mudvang, Corn, Skin Dread, Seven Dust, Disturbed, System of a Down. A lot of aggressive stuff. Uh, and that's what I gravitated toward. But now I find myself listening to, uh, a lot of, uh, The Dead South and Nathaniel Rateliff, and, or if I want to remember good times with my grandma, I'll listen to, uh, Alan Jackson. Which might be a shock
0: for some people. <laughs> that was my first concert ever. Alan Jackson. Yes. Really? At the Tulsa horse races. I can't remember the track name. Right by Jollmer Stadium, though. Yeah. It was on the infield. Yeah. That was my very first concert. Wow. And I think that's where we, oddly enough, our our paths, like the later ones you mentioned, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know them, but we have similar like high school music tastes. Yeah. I mean, even down to the Alan Jackson thing. Yeah. But then as an adult, you're able to really define your taste. You're not, I think you, you allow yourself to blossom and you're not in a click, you know, the analogy high school, you're in a, you fit a mold. Yes. And then once you get out, you're able to blossom and bloom and like get out into the world and experience new music and have emotions running through your mind right on yeah exactly
1: um now when when it comes to like uh christian music i didn't really get into that i mean really until i met my wife and she introduced me to skillet so I listen to that. It's pretty good. I like it. It's like a, it's a, What would you call Skillet? Hard rock.
0: I wouldn't call it metal. It depends on. I don't know if you remember this or you were even into it. Before Alien Youth, they were like a techno ska. Their their sound has changed over the years. Mm. But now, ever since like Monster in that era, I would say they're hard rock. I wouldn't say they're metal.
1: No, they're not metal. But that got me introduced into Christian rock. Or, I I mean, (laughs) uh, we'll go further back, I guess, uh, if if we want to talk about, quote, unquote, I guess, Christian rock uh, creed.
0: No, no, he wasn't Christian. Well, it it was... It was loosely based on Christian. Like, have you ever heard the backstory on him? No. Yeah, he has... Yeah, his dad was a prominent preacher in Florida, and he was in a seminary, and he smoked weed one time, and he was so guilty, he went to the head of the the seminary and said, I apologize, I'll never do this again, I tried it, I don't know what I was thinking, immensely just apologized, and he kicked him out. And then that's when he found the band, and then he... They definitely stood out and said, we're not a Christian band. Mm. We have Christian values. And I think they were the downfall for the rest of the industry. Ah, I got but you. But Yeah, he like people like um Amy Lee. She mm-hmm. came out and said, I'm a Christian. She was signed to a Christian label. And then once she got popular, she just like, no, I'm not Christian. Creed was very honest and upfront. They're like, well, we're Christ or we're we have belief. Yeah. But we're a band. Yeah. So I got you. It's very weird. I mean, especially the whole industry as a whole during the 90s. I mean, Christian music, you were stigmatized. And then, of course, if you were the other way. And I mean, that was my main experience going, you know. Well, I guess early 2000s, 2002, 2003 is when I really got into Christian music. Mm-hmm. Like, I can remember listening KJ52 for the first time.
1: Okay. Uh, okay, so... We'll skip Creed. I'll go into Skillet. There we go. Um, I listened to them for a while, but over time, my, my friend would try to get me to listen to what he's listening to. I'm like, all right, I'll check it out. So he had me listen to Thousand Foot Crutch and Red and Sleeping Giant. All fantastic bands and I've grown to love them even more so over time. Um, but then I started drifting further into the Christian metal scene. Um, when a buddy of mine over at, uh, when I worked for Doubletree, <laughs> I remember this like it was yesterday. He, he left a CD in my, uh, mailbox at work and he wrapped it up and it says, uh The Devil is a Big Turd him with this music. And it was War of Ages. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was uh Oh Lord. I, I think the name of the album was uh, Back to Life. I don't know. But it's got one of my favorite songs on there by them. It's called Psalms. I love it so much. <laughs> it's a good hype song. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he's the one who got me into, uh, War of Ages and, uh, Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter was another one he got me into. And, um, I've been a huge fan since the, since that first song he showed me. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, I've said before that I pre-ordered this new album of theirs coming out. Um, it comes out Friday songs of death and resurrection. And
0: yeah, they've been releasing a couple on Spotify. I have a I've now since I've had my Spotify long enough, it kind of anytime War or Demon Hunter releases a new song, it shows up on there every Friday. Oh, okay. But I mean, I remember I can never pronounce the name of the CD. Um Demon Hunter's the Tri Septa Tri Um You know what when I'm the talking The Triptych yeah, the triptych. Yeah. I always forget, and I never can pronounce it, but that was, I actually bought my wife's brother that for Christmas one year, and that was kind of like my introduction, and I went back, and I even styled my like whole beard and bald head look for a while because of Demon Hunter. I've noticed a lot of Christian metal
1: bands, their front
0: guy yeah.
1: is bald with a beard. <laughs> uh, War of Ages, Demon Hunter, Death Therapy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we have something in common that we actually got to see War of Ages in concert. Yes. And I got to unload their stuff. And I think the drummer is probably the best one out of all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh,
1: The lead singer was
0: kind of a jerk because somebody stole his sweatshirt and he was like frantic looking for it. It was a face down, like officially, you know, merch or band merch only. And somebody had misplaced it and he was like, Somebody took it. So I don't know. Wait, whose sweatshirt? The War of Ages lean front man. Oh. Yeah.
1: Leroy got his shirt taken.
0: Well, he got it back and then they oh, left good. out. Okay, good. Yeah, the drummer got his iPad misplaced because we were switching out drum sets and somebody took the iPad and then the front man didn't know where his sweatshirt was.
1: okay. But I mean the cool thing about all these bands is that they're always really nice guys. I I think that's cool. I always think it's really cool when you when you uh listen to somebody and then you finally get a chance to meet them uh and they turn out to be really cool, really nice people. Um and
0: not ego-driven jerks, you know. There was one band out of all the ones I helped set up and stuff for that I really, they were, I don't know, they just came across as one. They were the Amy Lee type. If you, if I've never told you I could never stand Amy Lee once she came out as non-Christian and I like just totally gave a finger to the whole Christian scene, mm. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I was glad 12 Stones wasn't even working with her anymore. Mm. But... Yeah, there was one band. Um, what was that retro '80s band? You remember? They played the same night War of Ages did. Oh, uh, Chaotic Resemblance. Yes, they were jerks. Were they? I did not like them. And then before the show, while everybody was setting up, they're like, "Hey, want to buy or go to our table and buy your CD?" It was just the people setting up the show, and they were selling CDs already. And they had to have like the perfect sound check. They were already in hair, makeup. They were in their outfits. And I was just like, come on. This is for a kid's show. You know, and you're. I don't know. I just. I do look on the bad side of people. You have a much more sunny disposition about yourself.
1: (laughs) I mean, I I met the lead singer of uh, Chaotic Resemblance. And I mean, he seemed like a nice guy to me. I I didn't.
0: I, I. didn't catch all that, uh what you did. Um, that's a bad thing about being behind the scenes. You meet your heroes. Of course, I mean, I never really knew them. They, you know, that's probably why I didn't like, I wasn't in awestruck of them. I got you. But, I mean, it was still cool. I mean, I appreciate what they're doing. They had good music. Mm. It's just, you know, Christian music should be set apart. But anyway, that's my topic. And this <laughs> is your deal. So.
1: No man, I mean it That's the thing though. I mean the music that these people put out, it's speaking to thousands of people and for different reasons. And when you meet somebody whose song has really I guess changed your life, brought you out of a depression, made you feel better, about things and then you end up meeting them and they're jerks i couldn't imagine how crushing that would feel yeah i mean luckily i haven't really uh gone through that i mean all the bands that i've met have been really nice really cool i wanted to meet demon hunter last time they were here but the uh one of the security guys was a jerk and told me to leave because the show was already over he's like if you're not buying merch you need to get out Oh, I was so mad. I've been wanting to meet Demon Hunter for a long time, and they don't come to Oklahoma a whole lot because they're based out of the, the Northwest up in Washington.
0: I'm kind of surprised. you think they would stop by more because, I mean, we're right by Dallas. We're right by Austin. Right. Oklahoma City is not a weekend venue site, but, I mean, still, you can hit Tulsa on Tuesday, Oklahoma City on Thursday, Dallas on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. And I think that's a cool thing, living in where we are. I mean, we have the whole Keynes music history. Tulsa was a Christian music mecca back in the day. They were a music mecca. Yeah. You have all these um Bob Wills, uh not Conway Twitty, Leon Russell. Yeah. Leon Russell was an icon around here.
1: Oh, yeah. Joanna thinks I'm weird that I want to meet these people after the show. Uh, she's like, you know what? They're just people. I'm like, yeah, I know. But these are people that I listen to over and over again. People I've been listening to for years. I just want, to, I mean, I'm like, not going to go up to them saying, Hey, I'm your biggest fan or anything. i I'm, I'm probably not. There's someone who's, who might be a little crazier than I am. Say, so <laughs> you know, collecting all their merch and whatnot. But it, I, I like to go up and, shake their hand and tell them that they put on a great show and i appreciate what they're doing
0: we do kind of i mean we have that pedestal society though i mean we i think youtube is in the early stages of it still because you have all these people that come out and it's like there's people coming to my house how do i get them to stop yeah Like the music and sports, we have put up barriers, but that's kind of like YouTube is going through the 60s and 70s music edition because music, like you said, it's influential. It can bring us out to depression. It can Mm -hmm. cause depression. Yeah. All this stuff. And when we see our icons on stage, we have in our mind this huge built up relationship where they've never even seen us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the whole Eminem song "Dear Slim" is perfect. The guy's writing to his hero, and he ends up before he can even have a chance to respond. He's like, "Oh dang, hey, I, I already read about this guy."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't. I, I know she thinks it's weird. That I want to meet these guys. I don't. I don't worship them. I don't bow down to none of them. I. I, I mean, I. I met the lead singer of uh, Five Finger Death Punch. Super nice guy. I. I got to uh, drive him and his bandmates around when they stayed at the hotel. All of the guys were really nice, and uh, I saw the singer in the uh, coffee shop. And uh, I I didn't know how to start the conversation. I I had already purchased tickets to the show the next day. And I'm like, kind of struggling with my words. I'm like, "Uh, it's going to be a good show tomorrow night. He goes, yeah, man. uh, Are you going? I'm like, yeah, man. I got my pit tickets today. They went on sale. He thought that was pretty cool. And uh over the course of the night, I drove them to dinner and I drove a couple of them over to Staples and stuff like that. And, um, after I, uh, picked them up from the restaurant they were at, they're like, Hey man, we really appreciate you showing us around, uh, telling us everything that we need to know about the area and everything. And, uh, we just wanted to let you know that we want to put you on our guest list for tomorrow's show. I thought that was awesome. Really cool, but I could tell they they had some drinks while they were at the restaurant, so they probably forgot so i uh later on i I saw their tour manager, and I yeah. went to him, I let him know what they had said, He goes, "Yeah, yeah, they let me know huh? and uh and uh yeah, we'll make sure to get you on the list, and um he must have forgotten. <sighs> Cause uh, we get to the show the next day and I go to will call and I let him know. And like, no, your name's not here. I'm like, well,
0: crap,
1: that sucks. But, uh, I went over what to, if the... it
0: was on like a list backstage to get in the VIP area. Oh,
1: I've never done backstage or anything like that before. That would have been awesome.
0: See, that's what I would have originally thought. I'd be like, are you serious? I get to go backstage. Yeah. But then again, I mean, I'm not in that scenario. I mean, I would have probably never talked to him in the first place.
1: Yeah, I I, I automatically, well, that's what I thought. I thought it'd be like a, a backstage thing because guest list. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. That sounds cool yeah. to me. But then I went over to the side of the Brady where the buses are, and the tour manager was starting to walk in with the rest of the band. And he saw me, he goes, Cameron, yeah, man. Hey, I forgot to get you on that list. Well, let's go up to Will Call right now, and I'll hook you up. I'm like, awesome. And he runs in. I'm waiting outside for him, and he comes back out and hands me an envelope. He goes, here you go, man. Enjoy the show. Hmm. I'm thinking laminates or something. Yeah. I open it up. <laughs> Two pit tickets. I already had pit tickets. <laughs> so I'm trying to call people I know, offering them free yeah, tickets to the show while we're standing in line to get in.
0: <laughs> Did you ever end up getting anybody in, or
1: no? Nobody answered. No, or they were busy or whatever. It's too short yeah. notice. But that's all right. But um, after the show though, we went went over to the side of the Brady again, where the buses are, because after the show, if you wait long enough after they do all the VIP stuff inside, they'll come outside usually, and they'll meet the fans. Uh, do pictures and autographs and stuff like that. But I'm standing over by the barricade and the singer comes over and goes, Cameron, hey man. And he pulls me aside. He goes, Hey, meet us over at the downtown lounge. Uh, bring your buddy with you and we'll take pictures, have drinks, uh, sign autographs, whatever you want to do, man. We'll just hang out. I'm like awesome. So me and my buddy walked over to the downtown lounge and, uh, about 40 minutes later, Um, they show up and we're just standing outside talking to the, to the lead singer. Hmm. And he's like, man, I just really appreciate you just not going overboard and treating us like people. I'm like, well, that, and I, this is what I said. I'm like, man, you are a person. Uh, the only difference between you and me is that you're just very well known. You're just a very well known person. I mean, this was back in 2011, about 10 years ago. Okay. So that's around, I want to say like their War is the Answer album. Um, I think, but, uh, no, I mean, they ended up being really nice guys and he, he treated me and my friend very well. Man. And, and I mean, it was cool. And we got to hang out with him and talk to him. And that's just one of those instances where, you you listen to the music and you get into it. You really enjoy it. It helps you get through the day. And you meet them, and they're not jerks. They're they appreciate their fans. That was ten years ago. It could have changed since then, but at the time, it was nice.
0: Yeah. Fame definitely makes you change. Yeah. Oh, and well, no, I'm not famous. <laughs> but no,
1: man. I mean, I mean, what, growing up my dad is a musician. I think that's why I'm really into talking about music and whatnot. I mean, I always grew up watching him play his guitar. He's always been in a band of some sort my whole life. And, uh, I would want to be like in the room when he would in the living room, when him and his band would do rehearsal. And, um, I would fall asleep in the chair in the living room just listening to, their, to, to them play their music.
0: Hmm. And what's weird is you, you don't play any instruments, do you?
1: Oh, Lord, he tried. They, he, he wanted me to play so bad. They bought me my own electric guitar and a bass and a drum set. And I just didn't have the patience to sit there and learn as much as I would. Still like to eventually learn, but, um,
0: no, I never picked it up. I
1: made myself useful elsewhere by doing
0: their album art. I was going to say, you definitely have the patience to do like art and stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, that's annoying. I can't sit there and like draw on a canvas, but yet put me in front of a computer and I can entertain myself for days.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did their album art for their first album that they came out with in 2010 uh called Throwing Stones. And um I mean, I liked the cover, but my work on the inside was very shoddy. I didn't like it at all, but they said it was good. But shit, looking back at it, it, I don't think it's that great. The only thing I can really look at is the cover.
0: Oh I mean, that's true with any artist work. I mean, you yeah. look back at your old stuff and you're like, What was I thinking? I'd do this and that, that. Yeah.
1: But no, I mean I mean, there's a song that my dad wrote for me when I was when I was born and I think it's called Welcome to the World. And uh back when he first wrote it y you, you can tell it was <laughs> written in the uh in like 89 or early 90s, because it sounds like there was like keyboards and a saxophone in there. <laughs> but he did an updated version of it. It's just a demo, but good Lord, man, it's very haunting. Uh, cause he, he was just messing around with, uh, with his effects rack while he was playing. And I don't know, man, it, it was very, it was very cool. I like to listen to that whenever. Whenever I'm feeling, I don't know, inspired for art or if I just want to just listen to music and not worry about anything, I'll listen to that or some other stuff from his first album. I say first
0: album. He's working on a second one right now. Uh, he has been for a while. I was going to say, didn't you say that it was on his first album or just a demo?
1: The Welcome to the World one? Yeah.
0: Uh, that's just a demo. I think that's going to be
1: on the second album. I think. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of songs that, that are coming out that I, I'm really looking forward to. I mean, there was one that he's putting on there that was being made for a movie, a horror film about a rock star. I, I, okay. So I was a teenager when they told me this when they came up with the song, so i if my dad's listening, please uh correct me if I'm wrong. Uh I think it's a horror movie about a rock star who goes on tour and he see he's like haunted everywhere he goes, he sees ghosts while he's on tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they were writing a song for that called Sick and Twisted. And I don't know the 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 riff that my dad came up with is just very cool, but um, turns out the movie didn't work out and uh never got made, but he still has the song, so he's putting that on the second album, and
0: I'm looking forward
1: to it, and I'm waiting for him to <laughs> freaking finish it so I can hear it.
0: <laughs> he didn't have to like sell a soul at the crossroads to get that riff, did he?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, um. That's still one of my favorite movies. Crossroads with um Ralph Macchio. Yeah. The Karate Kid. Oh yeah. Not the Britney Spears one.
1: No. <laughs> no, it had uh was that Joe Satriani?
0: I can't remember. Or I Steve... can just remember the um karate kid. Yeah. I haven't seen it in years.
1: And he does that that uh that guitar battle. Yeah. At the end. But um, he's playing. I want to say it's Joe Satriani. Um, I always get him as Steve By. Uh,
0: Is Satriani from Dream Theater? I'm not sure. Who's the Who's the guitarist from Dream Theater? Oh well, we can look that up later. Okay. I just remember wow. Dream Theater. Once ever I saw them in concert, the drummer and the keyboardist that's on a pole, so he rotates the entire show. Oh. But yeah, the guitarist is definitely gifted I
1: mean, that's another thing too, man Live shows I mean, it's one thing to listen to Music in your car and stuff But Live concerts It's, like I said before It's got that power to bring people together I mean, you can forget about your problems You can forget about the crappy day at work You can forget about that jerk in traffic That cuts you off You can forget about uh, whatever's depressing you at the time. And you can go to a show and just feel that energy and just focus on something that you enjoy listening to and seeing it live. And, uh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I look at concerts the way I look at funerals. I know that's a weird combination. (laughs) Okay. But a funeral... It's something that stops your entire life where it is. Right. And you're able to stop everything and focus on that moment. Mm-hmm. So if you die and people come to your funeral, you're valuable enough to stop your life and pay attention to them. Yeah. Because life goes on no matter what. Right. So like the concert, it's the moments that we choose to stop our life and put I mean, you're buying a ticket, so you're putting a monetary value on that moment in your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you're saying, this is valuable to me to show you significance. Right. And I think that's also where we get the pedestal thing and why, like the Lost profits. I first listened to the a song from them on a, some 30 for 30 ESPN thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved them. Unfortunately, that was a year the lead singer was put into jail for child porn. Oh. And so now I feel even guilty listening to the band because they had this amazing lineup of songs and then he got arrested. So I'm like (laughs) conflicted. Do you because music is so powerful? I mean, that's why that's why when. The Neverland tapes came out about Michael Jackson a couple mm-hmm. years ago. People stopped listening to Michael Jackson again. Yeah. You know, we we canceled, um what's his name that beat up Rihanna? Chris Brown. Oh, yeah. We canceled him once it came out to light. You know, we have a habit of taking that value back when it, I don't know, the first thing that pops in my mind is when it's inconvenient for us. And some of us go back to it to put value back in that. I mean, Michael Jackson is going to be an icon probably forever. Yeah. But, I mean, you'll never know the truth of what really happened. Hmm. So, I mean, what do you do? I mean, Prince's music is the same way. Tupac, Biggie. I mean, all these people that we have in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't even know if there is a rap Hall of Fame. But still, anyway, I mean, I don't know. It's just interesting when you when you look at music as a whole and you just like, I've never thought as a concert as a funeral type scenario, but we are stopping our lives for that moment and saying you're worth my time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, You mentioned that you put a monetary, uh, like you put a price on a concert and stuff like that, I guess you can say the same thing about a funeral as well. Cause you're taking time off work. Yeah. Uh, you got that whole day's worth of pay, uh, that, that you would, uh, be given up to come out to the person's funeral. Um, I mean, if you're going, apparently they made some sort of impact in your life.
0: Um, Oh, and the biggest thing that we haven't talked about, what about first dances, first kisses, I mean, of course, hanky-panky stuff. I mean, it was funny. Like, I was over at some friend's house, and, like, all of a sudden, red, red wine came on.
1: <laughs>
0: and they were like, this is the first song. And they, like, it was implied. But, I mean, this stuff like that, it triggers memories. Yeah. I mean, just like you being at work, I mean, granted, you quit. So, for you to stay there was not worth your time anymore. Hmm. But you'll always have that memory when you went up to the lead singer, Five Finger Death Punch, and they invited you out. Yes. So it triggers amazing memories. Yes. We lose somebody, we still have the memories. Yeah. I mean, even the bad ones, like when my grandpa died, they were trying to pick out funeral songs for my, my grandpa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we called him Papa. So they were had a Garth Brooks CD out. And there was a song called Papa Love Mama. I didn't realize that Papa was cheating or somebody, and it was totally the opposite. And I was like, hey, let's play this song. Oh, no. So, yeah. Oh. So, it definitely, I mean, it was, I was like nine at the time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was uh, definitely a weird time for me emotionally, but still, still church or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, you were nine, so it was like that word association thing. You saw Papa and
0: thought of him. Yeah. Yeah, I got you.
1: Yeah, man. Music's powerful. I mean, it's...
0: Well, just like you, you had a CD in the box. I mean, that was a language of love. Well, not necessarily... I'm hooked on this stupid love thing and, like, memories. (laughs) But, I mean, back in the day, you sent somebody a mixtape. Or that's how careers were made. I mean, you could... Literally say how you're feeling in a Mm mixtape. I mean, and you back in the day, they really were on cassette tapes. You know, now we have CDs and we just fling them out the door like they're nothing. But I mean, cassettes, you had to sit at the radio the entire day and hit record at the right time. Yeah.
1: Which brings me to something I want to do for reaching out whenever I do go out to the park. By the way, I'm thinking about going out to the park this weekend because it's supposed to be nice. Nice. We're supposed to get some rain on Friday. Uh, but Saturday and Sunday is supposed to be partly cloudy and mid to upper 60s. Nice. So I'm going to be out there uh, with my table, some snacks, drinks. I'm thinking about getting a boom box, too, because <laughs> I saw some online. I, I saw one for, like, 35 bucks. And, Not bad. And no. It's got Bluetooth. It's got a cassette player. It's got uh It, it can convert uh, cassettes into MP3s. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to that, but it takes six D batteries.
0: <laughs> That's one thing I don't miss about the 80s. Oh, like all, all huge the freaking batteries. was like nine, ten, twelve. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why God invented outlets.
1: Right. I mean it's got an outlet on it. It's got a charge uh uh cord uh that you can plug into it and just play yeah. it that way. Just plug it into the wall. But uh yeah, if you want to take it out anywhere, gotta bring your six or eight D batteries with you. Holy crap. <laughs> I think that's where most of the weight came from.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, so, you are talking about going out there. Where can they find more information on the next event? I mean, shameless plug right here. I mean,
1: they can come to the uh, the reaching out page on on Facebook. I mean, I've only ever done like like an event uh, post, but I'll, I'll put – you know what? I might do that from now on. That way I can start Sorry. inviting people. Yeah. So more people actually see what I'm doing. You could
0: be like the psycho girl in your class and be like, look at me. <laughs> yeah. I'm inviting you every week.
1: <laughs> I could start doing that. I mean, I'm not sure how many people actually see my posts. Uh, cause I posted today about the, uh, the podcast and on the page it said it got, it reached six people and no reactions on my main profile so i'm not sure how many people are seeing it
0: what it amazes me is how much i post online and then like maybe a week and a half two weeks later somebody be like oh yeah i read all your posts why don't you interact with me (laughs) chime in talk to me yeah i mean
1: i mean the whole music post i did the other day three people responded but man it started up a conversation with me and my friend, and she she was telling me about uh, uh, William Elliot Whitmore. And we got to talking. She recommended some songs and uh, one of his albums, and I got to listen to that. And that's him and Nathaniel Ratliff was hardly the only things I've been listening to all week.
0: See, but that's the beauty. And within the context of the show you turned your music into a relationship. Now, granted, it was probably already there, but I mean, it furthered that. Mm. She shared something with you that is now enhancing your life. Yeah. And that's what music ultimately has the power to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it. the song that she said, like I said before, it's hell or high water. Um. But there's one part in there That really sticks with me. And I think it really, uh, speaks to what I'm trying to do here by reaching out and going out and trying to meet with people. I mean, yeah, I mean, his songs have come out of tragedy in his life and everything. And my, my whole reaching out thing is from losing people in my life that I've promised to meet up with. And now I'm trying to reach out and Reconnect with people and connect with other people and we can share. um I mean, we can talk about life. We can talk about our struggles and we can come together and overcome whatever is keeping us down, you know, and the, the 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 lyric in that song. Is uh gather around friends and neighbors who make your living by labor. And share with me this little time, this little time that we have left to have a drink and catch a breath, while it might just be what saves our lives. That's deep. It is. And that has spoken to me all week, and I've been waiting to say it here on the
0: podcast. (laughs) Well, now you get to do a special picture post about it. Now that it's going to be airing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what's so cool. I mean, to use the power of this to say, have a better day. I mean, you can, you're the type like me that goes deeper into the song. You like really, it's not just about the beat and the rhythm that makes you feel emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. Like that's my issue with most Christian music today that's played in the church. It's all about the beat and the rhythm and not so much words. Mm Mm-hmm. But the words are what affect your soul. They get down in you. They stay in your mind. Yeah, you may tap along with it. But when you can really express what your heart is saying through that rhythm. Yeah. I mean, that's. I think that's why you're so adamant about the music and this show. And it's been so much easier this week to record Mm -hmm. because you see the power behind it.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's uh, music art tv movies food know, apparently food uh are all things that I can just talk all day about um I'm comfortable apparently I I mean I'm comfortable talking right now this is probably the most comfortable I've probably sounded on our podcast out of all what nine episodes this is 10 this is the 10th episode yes man time has flown it has flown i think we started our first episode back in december like december
0: 20th because it aired like the first week of january or something like that okay or maybe it aired it's forever it's 10 weeks ago yeah
1: (laughs) but yeah i mean whoever's listening to this reach out to us and Let's start a conversation. Let's let's talk about music. Let's talk about life. Whatever, whatever we can do to get together and overcome whatever stresses that we're having at that time, or just to forget the stress. Let's talk about music and forget about the problems
0: that we had during the week. I can't think of a better way to end that. So, as far as this weekend, you said you're going to be at the park. Where they where can they find the address or any information? about the venue i guess
1: i mean i'll i'll post it on the uh the reaching out page on facebook um
0: and i'm sure you'll share it with your your personal one
1: yes i i post the same thing on my personal profile and uh the reaching out page uh i'll say that we're going to be over at the main street park Central Park on Main, sorry, in Broken Arrow, and I usually set up my table and chairs and everything uh, next to the tennis court on the north side of the park.
0: By the cancer-causing 5G cell phone tower? Was that what that is? (laughs) I think so. I don't know. I'm sorry to everybody. I just wanted a chance to say that because everybody's (laughs) 5G. Yeah. I haven't let out my inner conspiracy nut on the show yet. Oh, I got you. (laughs) So what is a Facebook page URL? Where can they find you on Facebook? Uh
1: just type in Reaching Out. Um actually if uh if you go to Facebook and type in Reaching Out and you don't find it, I think it's uh you can go hit at and I think it's Reaching Out with Cameron. I believe that's it. Yes. At Reaching Out With Cameron, No Spaces.
0: Okay, and do you have any new art coming out that you, or have you started any new projects?
1: Not yet. I will be working on something later this week or this weekend. I will be working on a portrait of Bill Dautry from King of the Hill.
0: And you're going to post that on your camo arts, which is facebook.com backslash camo arts. Yes. All right. And your Instagram?
1: Instagram uh, is camo arts designs. Or uh, if you're looking for the reaching out page, it is reaching out underscore
0: podcast. Awesome. And that has been reaching out for this week. And now it's your turn to reach back. Use all those listed links to send a DM or find him on Facebook and start the conversation. Until next week, this has been R.A. Crate and Camo, and we'll see you later. Mind. Mind.